Welcome to another episode of No One Is Listening. Uh, my name is Steve, and as usual, I'm here with uh, my co-host, Jen. Jen, do you want to say hello? Hello. Uh, so we uh, decided uh, for today, what we're going to do is uh, first uh, episode of this kind, and I'm, I'm, I th- I'm hoping that this will be a recurring uh, type of episode, and I think tentatively we're going to call it uh, In Case You Missed It. Right, uh, and the theme of this episode is uh, we're gonna revisit um, some piece of pop culture, whether it's um, an album, a TV show, or a movie that came out a while ago. Um, and the, a while ago is relative, right? It could be a few months ago, it could be a year ago, it could be years ago. Um, something that you may have missed, or something that we especially uh, or specifically missed and we we went back we revisited it and um, we want to bring it up in case you missed it so you can revisit it as well is that that's pretty I think that's a very good description okay cool yeah. um by chance today uh, the sometimes it may be something that we both revisited together uh, in today's case it we each have a movie that we went back and watched that we missed the first time around and just by chance, it is a movie that the other one did not watch. So the movie that I revisited, uh, Jen did not watch, and the movie that Jen revisited, I did not watch. So we're going to try to convince the other person to watch it, because I don't think either one of us especially wants to watch the other person's movie, right? I don't understand why. Right? Would you agree with that? Okay. Um, So why don't I go first? Okay, Okay, so I'm going to, in case you missed it. I see why am I. I see why am I, yes. Um, In case you missed it, there's a movie that came out uh, a few years ago. I want to say 2006, right? Um, directed by the Coen Brothers. Stars uh, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, no Country for Old Men. It was like an Oscar Beatty movie. I don't, I don't want to say Beatty because that sounds like pejorative, but it was definitely a movie made for for the Oscar. I don't even want to say that. It was a great movie, and it, it got a lot of nominations. Um I believe the box office was modest. I don't think it was... Like most um, right. critically acclaimed right. movies. Um, did it win the Oscar first? Did it win Best Picture? Best Director, for sure. The Coen um, Brothers? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Javier Bardem won. For supporting? Best Performance by an Actor. Oh, a supporting really? role. Oh, supporting, yeah. yeah. Um, you're right. I don't think that... Um, I don't think that it won Best Picture. Yeah. Now I gotta see what won that year, but yeah. go ahead. Yeah, so um, I remember it was at a time when I was still in college. I hadn't developed this, like, uh, love for, like, pop culture as art. I, I was still consuming it just in, like, a blockbuster oh, Sorry, kind it of did way. win. It did win Best yeah. Picture, right? Yeah. Um, and... You know, so I wasn't into, like, Oscar movies. I was like, oh, Oscar movies, those are, like, the boring movies. You know what I mean? That was, like, the kind of phase of life I was in. But um, I had uh, these, like, older friends who, like, talked about it. And they really colored my perception, even, like, years later, where they were like, oh, um, it was, like, really good until the end. And the ending just, like, sucked, you know? Um, And so I'd always, like, so it always left, like, that bad taste in my mouth. It's like, oh, that movie sucks it's just like you know an awards film i in my mind i like categorized it with like the artist okay you know even though i should have known better because one javier bardem and two the coen brothers i so i should have known better but i I was was too young young and dumb right um 
I saw it on like Netflix. Um, it's like things you would enjoy, right? And I was like, really, Netflix? Would I enjoy this? And I was like, you know what? Let me give this a try because um, I think maybe a year ago, it was it a year ago when New York Times did their um, best like twenty five films of the twenty first mm-hmm. century. Mm-hmm. Um, what number? Was No Country for Old Men pretty high on that list? It, it, I don't think it, it was, was on... Number. I don't know if it was on the New York Times list. It was on the list of a bunch of people I follow on Twitter. Okay. So I was like, oh, like, all these other movies I've watched and seen and, like, I liked. And all these people are... These people who, like, reviews, like, I, I read and agree with for the most part. They have this so high. Let me, let me check it out. I watched it. And Jen, let me tell you, it was... It was awesome. It was great. It has aged very well. Because it speaks to things that are happening now? Or? No, no. I, I think it's um, it happens in, like, a rural uh, area of America. Yeah. And so, like, the lack of technology is not... It, it doesn't pop off the screen. Like, it's not like other movies where, like, it's happening in New York City and you're like, that that is not New York City now. Like, and it doesn't like age itself at all it's like you know people are i could imagine like in a rural town they still use like landlines with like the what the rotary phones you know what i mean um and i i don't think it's like set in like the past or whatever it's set in like modern times but because you see like cars at some point they go to like the suburbs or whatever but you know they're there for such a short amount of time um it's like you don't see like the differences between now and then and because 12 years is like a pretty long time especially yeah. when you think of like how much like technology yeah. has changed um so it's aged great uh the performances are fa freaking nominal okay um i would say uh i don't know how you feel about like tommy lee jones but i really like tommy lee jones um he's not like it's not on a bad list right what do you mean a bad? Oh, you know, like a not the, like a Kevin Spacey. No, 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 no. I'm so confused. You know what? That no, that's that's a great point. That's a great point. That is something definitely to be on the lookout for. Used to be Al Gore's roommate. Really? Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones and Al Gore. Yeah. Oh, that's that is very interesting. Um, Tommy Lee Jones is he kills it. Absolutely kills it. Um, he's so good at law enforcement. You know, because he's he's like a sheriff. No Country for Old Men. Um, he's like an army general in Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, he's a U.S. Marshal in The Fugitive. And who can forget, um, he is a man in black in Men in Black. <laughs> right? A man in black. Yeah, he's, you know? Yeah. Uh, great at playing law enforcement. Yeah. And he knocks it out of the he park. He do, he's got that like rugged like yeah I've seen things. weathered yes exactly like the I've seen things um, face you know and so he's great in it. Um, Josh Brolin is so good. Josh Thanos Brolin is pretty great. Yeah, he's such a good actor. Um, and uh, Javier Bardem is like he scary. it's so scary. Yeah, it's so like I was I don't know I think it's also because the Coen Brothers are like, so talented, where it was, like, so I was watching it, like, on an iPad, like, in bed, right, and it was, like, late at night. Did you have headphones on? I had headphones on, because my wife was sleeping, right, and it's not, like, no part of it is, like, actually, it's not, like, a horror movie, right, but I was, like, so tense the whole time, and the entire time, I was, like, this this is so good, this is so good, and I I actually don't like being scared at all, I hate it, that's why 
I don't know if I should say this. I still haven't watched like Get Out. You know, and I I know I, I need to. I you had. No, I haven't. I no, haven't. I. You have to watch it with its lights on. Oh really? During the day, <sighs> the first thing in the morning. Like it's it's still a scary movie, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. that's why I also haven't watched A Quiet Place, even though <sighs> I fully support <sighs> John Krasinski and everything that he does. Yeah. Um. So I I agree, which is why I am surprised that you are telling me that you watch this. And like I, at night yeah. with headphones on. I know um, that, that made it really hard. I know hard. that it's not a it's not like a like a like you said, like a traditional horror movie, right. but one of the reasons why I haven't brought myself to watch it is because, like, I've heard such great things about Javier Bardem's scary performance and how, like, his character is one of just, like, the most scariest people you'll ever encounter, or characters you'll ever encounter in, like, cinematic, like, history. Yeah, it's weird, it, like, because it's a fairly, like, realistic He's movie. He's married to Penelope Cruz, right? No. Um, really? Really? Let's let's fact check that. Let's yeah. fact check that. Um, it's like he is like for the most part, it's like a pretty realistic movie, and then yes, it's like is. that is crazy. They have children together. So maybe you can think about that when you imagine him in yeah. the movie. Yeah, just bring back to reality. Oh, and that's just Penelope Cruz's husband. Yeah, it's um, it, And it's like he's this almost supernatural, and by supernatural, I don't mean like with like superpowers, but like kind of. It's like this indomitable will to like murder people that he wants to murder um transplanted into this movie you know but but the coen brothers like masterfully make it so that he doesn't stick out like a sore thumb like you know how you watch certain movies and you're like yo bro you're just in a totally different movie yeah you know what i mean like they that is not the case they weave it in and out like so beautifully so are you a fan of the coen brothers um, what they've done, like, Fargo, True Grit. I would say that I um, respect what they do, but I personally am not a fan. But I'm not saying, like, I think that they're bad. You know what I mean? But I, Fargo is, like, the perfect example, right? Where it's, like, I completely respect, like, everything that they do. Um, all their projects, all their movies. Um, I, I respect all of it. But it's not, again, it's not, like, specifically my wheelhouse I, when they make movies like okay i bet you that's great but i don't necessarily want to watch it maybe i'll it's kind of like no country for old men where it's like maybe i'll watch it when it comes out on netflix and like i can't sleep yeah and it comes up on my queue okay. you know what i mean yeah. so you want to know what other movies were nominated for oscars that year that it beat out can i try to guess yeah 2006 right eight 2008 uh-huh oh i don't know Oh, do you know 2006? No, I, you know what? I don't know why I said that. Yeah, I, don't I was know. like, oh my gosh, Steve. Like, Wait, 2008, 2008, 2008. Can you give me one? Give me one. Um, Atonement. Damn. Give me another one. There Will Be Blood. Oh! Wait, it beat There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. But Daniel Day-Lewis won. One for Best Actor. Yeah. Okay. What else? I Give me the give me less. So, so No Country for Old Men, which ended up winning. Uh-huh. And then there's Atonement. Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton. George Clooney. The George Clooney. There will be blood. And my personal favorite, Juno. Ju- really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if, let me, I'm going to look up when Zodiac came out. Let me, let me is Zodiac also um, 2000? 2007. 2007, okay. Um, that's Murderer's Row of like nominees. Well, I don't know about Atonement, but everything else. I loved Atonement too. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen Michael Clayton. Have you? 
I've heard it's very good. Mm-hmm. That might be my next, in case you missed it. Okay. It may be, okay. it, I may just end up being like a 2008 fanboy. Yeah, I'm going to be like, can we move on to a different year, <laughs> can we, Steve? Can we? But yeah, so I don't know if that has convinced you or not, but hopefully that's like, if not convinced you, it just made you reconsider it a little more than you yes, had previously. Definitely. Will I be watching the no, movie it, through my... No, shirt? no, no. It's, it, that's the thing. It's not that kind of scary. It's more Is like... blood in it? I mean, yeah, but it's not like gory. Okay. I, not that I recall. Okay. I don't want right. to misspeak. You know what it is? It was only scary for me because I was like, what would I do if this guy was chasing me? I'd be like, oh, die. Just my My option is yeah. um, death. Please, that's the only reason. my life. It's yeah. fine. You know? Um, what was it? If it's 2008, it was 10 years 10 ago. 10 years ago, yeah. Wow. Um, New York Magazine did an article recently about um, remembering old country for no country for old men. Oh, interesting. Um, ten years later, so I'll uh-huh. send you that link. Okay, very cool. Um, Do you have any questions besides the Coen Brothers? That was a good question. Well, uh, like I just I don't like I want to fully support your <laughs> your picks. And and be on board on the on the same page. Uh-huh, the uh-huh. Of our, yeah, yeah, of course. But I'm, I'm just like ah, oh, like I just do. I want to spend two hours just really tense and right. upset. And I I would say this. I would say start it. Followed up with something very light, fluffy. Yeah, I mean you're gonna you're definitely gonna have to. I think I um sandwiched this with episodes of The Good Place. Okay. I think that's what I did. Okay. Um. So I would. Your say, Netflix algorithm is very confusing. <laughs> No, it because wasn't. you watched The Good Place and No Country for Old Men, we cannot make any more recommendations. No, no, it wasn't on Netflix. It was like okay. The Good Place was on like I don't know why. Okay. I watched it on NBC, like on their uh, like streaming not yeah. service, but like on the catch it on like the the web. Um, I would say start it, and if it doesn't hook you within the first like half an hour, then, then okay. like walk away. All right, you know what I mean. Try it like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what's yours? <laughs> Mine is like a 180. I can't believe your it's pick. like so. I, I was shocked. I was actually <laughs> shocked when you told me what you I chose. was very happy when you were like, let's do this episode. And I was like, I have the perfect movie. And then I heard your movie and I was like, hmm. <laughs> I think we're on different pages here. So mine's the 2017 Oscar nominee <laughs> for nothing movie called uh, Baywatch. That's, so not the TV show. Not Baywatch. The, TV show, the move the, with. Yes. Dwayne The Rock Johnson and, and Zac Efron. Efron, who are very good-looking people. Guess what its tomato meter, Rotten Tomatoes, rate uh, I, kn- is. I, I know it's low. I'm going to say, Actually, like... I'm going to look up low, No Country for Old Men, so we could, like... Compare? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say with Baywatch, it was a... Uh, a 24. Okay. What do you think No Country for Old Men is? <sighs> I'm going to say... Uh, an 86? You're off on both. Um, no Country for Old Men is 93. Ooh! Yeah. Wow. The average audience score was 86. Okay. Um, you said 24 for Baywatch? I think 23 or 24. One is, one it is 18. Wow. And 55% of audiences liked it. Oh! I am one of them. <laughs> so I didn't watch it in the theater because it got panned so terribly. And it was released last year in May, so it was supposed to be. It's a only summer. a year old. Mm-hmm. It feels it was like it's been to be so long. a summer flick that opened up 
summer season. Summer, yeah. It was supposed to be in May, and then it did terribly, and it was panned terribly. Oh, so man. then it went nowhere. And there's so many. Um, like I feel like they could have done sequels and it really been a Transformers type thing. It could have been a real franchise, huh? But no, yeah. Yeah, it could have been because at the end, spoiler alert, but it's been out for a year, um, they bring back both um, uh, David Hasselhoff and Pamela Anderson for that cameos. Is, that's hilarious. And I just feel like it could have sprung board onto something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, like, I don't even want to talk about the plot because, like, it's not, like, super exciting or important, but um, the plot follows um, Dwayne Johnson's lifeguard character and his, like, immediate team, and mm-hmm. they... Um, they're trying to save their beach um, by taking down a drug overlord. Oh, okay. Um, Zach Efron plays um, a like former swimmer Olympian um, who is right. I think loosely based on like Ryan Lochte's party and really character. okay, yeah. all right, yeah. So he kind of like comes here not as a form of community service or anything, but just like to sort of rehab his image and have something to do. Okay, he can't be on. Um, the swim team, swim team or, okay. Um, there's like good-looking guys. He's they're both <laughs> very good-looking. Then there's good-looking girls. They're also very good-looking. Um, but the jokes are so many funny jokes. And like Zac Efron, like I really, really love Zac Efron because I think he's just all around like really talented, and just a good like he seems like a good guy. Yeah. Um, or just suited for whatever he's supposed to be playing, whether that's serious or not. And he's he can do funny. He can do comedy. Like, I think we've seen glimpses of that in his career. 17 again. 17 again. Um, Is that the name of the movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. That movie with, like, Robert De Niro, um, like, was it Dirty Grandpa? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Dirty Grandpa, yeah. And then, what is the frat, frat house? Um, Neighbors? Yeah, like, so he, you you know he can do comedy. He's really good in this. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock Johnson, I don't know. What is just by? Just Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne at, Johnson, at this point. DJ. <laughs> um, he's funny, and they, like, both kind of play characters where they don't really trust each other, and they kind of hate each other, so the comedy comes from their, like, clashing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, Steve, like, I, I get it. It's, it's stupid summer, like, popcorn flick. But like, but does it do that no, well? There's no like. There's no depth. depth. Yeah. So your movie had a ton of depth, <laughs> and it was real prestige, and it made you think. I can't tell you what the plot was about because I don't remember. But it was funny in the moment, and if you have two hours where you're just like, there's nothing else to do, and like, this happens to be on TV or whatever. Watch it. It's funny. It's 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 just it is what it is. It's like an action flick. I wish I had seen it in theaters. I think it was wow, um, wow. And I really wish that more people would have seen it so that it's like you know there are more um, like sequels or you know I would like to see these characters again. <laughs> the extended Baywatch universe. Mm-hmm. Got it. And okay. Maybe this is something because I grew up watching Baywatch and I really loved Baywatch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know, I just thought it was, like, kind of endearing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was, I don't think they didn't make their money back because I think with, like, worldwide and stuff, gotcha. like, I, I think the budget was only, like, $70 million and they ended up making, like, $170 million. Okay. But in the U.S., it was, like, it didn't make 
seventy million and made like fifty right. and it topped off at that. So, you know, it wasn't it like they're definitely never gonna revisit that again. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um there's a campy charm to it that I think you'll like. So Okay. All right. Did I convince you? You know what you've got me thinking <laughs> yeah. about so, because it seems like one of those movies that like critics hated, but audiences were like not cold, not but like it, yeah, but, like, but they yeah, were lukewarm on. Like, okay. So, okay, I have a question. Yeah. Um, was it does does it end up feeling like a poor man's Twenty One Jump Street? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Twenty One Jump Street, I think, was both critically acclaimed, right, and like had all the elements it's, I'm talking about. Yeah, Twenty One Jump Street is like a near perfect movie. Yeah, this movie's dumb. I'm not. I'm not downplaying any of that. So, yes, definitely. Um, it's accolades. Really, the only things it was like nominated for were the Teen Choice Awards. And Zac Efron won <laughs> for Choice Movie Comedy After. Um, and then the Golden Raspberry Awards, which, as you know, are honored the worst yeah. movies. Um, Here's another question. I, I, re- I think I recall hearing that, like, at some point, like, because The Rock does so many movies um, and, like, schedules overlap and stuff. He's, like, bouncing around and stuff. Um, and I think I heard, like, in this one, he, like, disappears for, like, one of the acts of the movie where he's, like, just gone for a little bit and then no. comes back. Hmm. I was I that, didn't even notice well, that. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Do you even notice that? I don't think I noticed that because, like, if the movie, if this was, like, a skyscraper type movie where he's really the only star right, on the right. building, then... Yes, I guess that would be noticeable, but they do they do split the time pretty equally between his character and Zac Efron's character, mm-hmm. and it is sort of an ensemble because all the other lifeguards are get are get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit less noticeable, but that's really interesting. And if we ever have interest, I think um, a career episode on Twitter oh my Josh that would, would be really good. I mean, listen, I can go back to nineteen ninety seven. I think you his know what I mean? career tra- trajectory has been very interesting. But I also think that the reason why he's working so hard is because like what he's like pushing fifty, like he's like forty five or so, right? Yeah he's forty five. And like yeah. most of the movies that he does are action. And so like is he gonna be like in his fifties like running around? I don't know, maybe he's a Tom Cruise, but like um, I just feel like he feels like he needs to do all of his acting now, yeah. um, or the parts now when he can, because he's going to become an older person, and you know, it, like I don't know, is is he able to do dramatic things? Uh, I, I he hasn't shown the, the ability depth. to do so, and if you are going to be like a Tom Cruise type, like late stage Tom Cruise yeah. type, because he's not, there's no few good men in him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or like the firm or whatever, but if you are going to do that, like you better find your mission impossible. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? So, um, you know what? I, this might be a movie I might watch with the wife. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Think, you guys can like text me and be like, <laughs> why? <laughs> why? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I stand by it. Cool. All right. Um, perfect. No, you know what? I, is it, it's on Netflix? It's not. I watched it on, I think I have Epics through my... Oh, um, we have Epics. We have Epics. Okay, perfect. Epics, yeah. So then uh, we'll check it out through there. Um, so why don't we take a break here, and then we'll come back with our next segment. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll be back, guys. And we're back. Okay, so uh, this next segment is... Um, 
a, a look behind the curtain, if you will. So Jen and I text, you know, we text each other fairly regularly, you know, at least like a few times a week, at, at least once a week, right? Um, lately, our texts have been quite volatile, violent. How would you describe it? Um, um, annoyed? Frustrated? Annoyed, frustrated. There's been a lot of emotion, yeah. negative emotion behind like, them. But not towards each other, it's obviously. It's sad that it's not about people that we know or about, like, things that are going on in our lives. Oh, yeah, I know. This. <laughs> you know what? I think it's because, like... Maybe it's better that yeah, way. Yeah, probably better that way. Um, so we've been texting about MoviePass. I know MoviePass is something that we've talked about previously yep. on this podcast. Um, and here's some things that's happened since the last time we talked about when we were like, go get MoviePass. Um, they ran out of money, and so there's an outage. They have uh, introduced surge pricing... And they've introduced, I don't even know what how to name this, but it's like when a new movie comes out and it does really well, they'll black out the, the movie so you can't use MoviePass yes. for it, right? Yeah. I'm trying to pull up the email that they sent around. Oh, man. You know, I ended up getting that email. You texted me. You forwarded. You texted me yeah. about an email. I was like, what are you talking about? You forwarded me the email. And then I didn't get it until like hours later. Oh, I mean, I'm sure. I, yeah, I'm sure they yeah. staggered. Um, am I missing anything that um, they've... Messed up. Well, I guess I I got I kind of want to go through a little bit more mm-hmm. of the layers of what's been happening, and so you know, Movie Pass. Um, actually, they've been a company that's been around since twenty eleven, right? But um, they really became um, part of the cultural zeitgeist um, last year because they decided that they were going to embark on this model of nine ninety five a month, you get to see unlimited movies per month. Um, I guess it's like once a day. Cheaper than that, if oh. you did a yearly subscription. I signed up for up. yeah. Oh, I, you did. I signed for nine ninety five, and then they sent me an email saying, "Do you want to opt into like a, a price? If I paid up front, it would come out to like seven bucks a month." Yeah, yeah. Um. So they since announcing that in like August twenty seventeen by like. By like April 2018, so a little bit under a year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. next year, um, their subscriber base like was approaching three million. Yeah, yep. I heard that they needed at least five million to, like, not even break even, but to just like turn the keep the lights keep on, the lights on, and like so they weren't. So that's when the cracks begin to emerge. Like yeah. customers started complaining about glitches. Like I have not experienced glitch problems, but I experienced a customer service problem where hmm. I lost my wallet for 24 hours. Whoa. And one of the first things that I did it after I canceled all my credit cards uh-uh. um, was to, you can't even like go on moviepass.com. Like you have to do things through the app. And so I basically really? was like, Hey, I lost my wallet. Like I need to replace my card. Never got a response. And so if I never found my wallet again, which I did 24 hours later, um, like, I don't think I would have my movie pass card. That's, it's bananas. That's ridiculous. Like, I've never gotten an e- email back or a response back from that. Um, so, but I'm not the only person. Like, I feel like, um, I mean, that's just one thing. Like, it, it's just not, it's, it didn't turn out to be a big thing because I found my wallet. But, like, um, I think people, like, there's glitches when you try to pay and, like, they're not responsive and it's like a real-time thing right like you're at the movie yeah yeah what are you gonna do about it so um there's been whisperings of them just like crap 
show going on. Think, yeah. Um, did you know that they also have like um, like uh, an arm of the company that's um, like film financing? So it's called MoviePass Ventures, and so that's one way that they were supposed to create right. revenue. Um, didn't they produce a movie that did not do mm-hmm. well? So they produced Gaudi, which is the John Travolta monster right. movie, and it had a zero percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so Baywatch, you're doing, you're looking great. Um, but then, but then the same time that they released that movie to like very little fanfare, AMC jumped into the game, yep. and we could talk about AMC in a little bit. But it like I really feel like this the past couple of months has just been like spelling the end of um and so this like outage that you're talking about like you mentioned before um it was just like from a user experience perspective it just seemed like uh like movie pass isn't working anymore but then i sent you a link to an article and it was literally like they ran out of money and so they were trying to figure out like what to do with that and so they had to take their services offline so the service came back online my biggest problem and I tweeted about this, and, you know, I don't expect anybody to reply. I'm pretty sure they're not putting their resources into, like, social media, like, managers, community managers. But um, I get it. Honestly, I think they should have been more realistic with themselves and had done, like, a $15 a month plan or just kind of framed it differently or better because the reason why I think we're so upset is because we're used to this all-you-can-watch, all-you-can-eat yeah. model, that sounded too good to be true. And, yeah. and it yeah. turned out to be too good to be true. But, like, and the, and the things that they've introduced since then to try to stop the bleeding of the money hurts consumers, but it hurts us because we've gotten used to what movie That's pass true. is supposed to be. So now you're paying surge pricing. And, like, I think I told you, like, I tried to go watch Jurassic World um, last Sunday afternoon. And last Sunday, um, it had been out for a good month and a half. And the surge pricing for a Sunday afternoon showing was $8. That's crazy. So I'm like, why don't I just pay regular? Yeah. Like, it's the same thing. Like, I I just could not understand. Because I did pay surge pricing to watch ant-man maybe but it was like three bucks mm-hmm. so you think surge pricing has gone up like or what they apply to the pricing and now they're they're taking away movies that are coming out that they deem as these like blockbusters yeah. um, so then what it, it really, what are we paying for what, are we, what am i paying for at this point like to watch three movies um Three movies I don't really want to watch. Right, because I can't go watch Mission Impossible with Movie Pass, right. and so now I'm, I just feel like I'm paying more than I'm supposed to be paying because yeah. I'm paying Movie Pass plus I'm paying the movie theater like movie tickets that I would normally be paying. Ugh, yeah. So the end is near, Steve. I don't I do. know how they can come back from this. I I've thought about it. I'm no expert, but the negative and the feedback of all these things, like the hole that they've dug themselves into, like I just don't see a way out of it. And, you know, for me, I don't even think of like the PR side of it. For me, it's just like, this is an unsustainable model, clearly. Like it was, it, well, it is too good yeah. to be true. But I think there is one silver lining. And I think the silver lining is that like, you know, ticket prices were going up and up and up yeah. and up. And I think... We can, this is a good segue, there's a subscription model that might be sustainable. Yeah. And I think AMC is trying that. Yeah. 
you know. Um, and I think we as consumers are, I don't know if this is like a good or bad thing. I mean, I guess only time will tell, but you know, with like Netflix, you know, with HBO Go or HBO Now, depending on whether or not you have the service um, or how you get HBO, um, like everything is just moving to a subscription-based model, you know, like Apple Music, Spotify. Um, and so even with movies, I think I'd be okay with a subscription model, depending on the pricing yeah. um, and depending on like how often you go to the movies. I feel like I would like to... So why don't you educate me on AMC's... So let's talk about AMC. Yeah, they're so, comp- so movie passes. Uh, I think AMC is pouring salt on the wound because they've always been like a real big vocal critic. Of oh yeah, pass, and at one point I think they had even taken out like AMC from like like the five biggest yeah. ones, right? Um, so they've come out right and said this is our new plan and it's financially sustainable. And so basically, they're being like, we're such not going to change things on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's $20 a month. Yeah. But for $20 a month, you can watch up to three movies a week. Whereas with... Um, it's three movies a week? Mm-hmm. That's a lot. But that's regardless of whether they're IMAX, 3D. Like, that's crazy. So you can literally go watch anything. And I don't think that... Um, like So one of the changes that MoviePass made is like once you watch a movie, you can't watch right. it again. So I watched Avengers twice and paid for it one time, which I was happy to do. Um, so I think at least then you can literally watch any movie. So if there's four weeks in a, in a month, then you're, you can watch up to 12 movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can reserve seats in advance. You can book multiple movies per day. Like you can use the service at 600 AMC movie theaters yeah. across the nation. And then I think you can also get like 10% off on like concession stand stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's my limitation. Okay. Do you only go to AMC? Because this is great if you if you yeah, only go to that's AMC true, theaters. That's true. Um, there's one movie theater that is a showcase cinema yeah. that I go to. Yeah. But other than that, you do. I do only primarily go to AMC okay. theaters. So that's the thing, right? Like, I I know the exact movie theater you're talking about, and I also go there a lot. Um, so, like, the AMC part, I guess, would not be, like, a huge deal breaker because we have, like, what, like, three AMCs around us? Yeah. My only thing is AMC theaters typically don't carry, like, more of the independent and art house films. That's true. And so then, like, I don't know, this whole thing, I just feel like hurts um, hurts like the independent art house like theater or movies um, because yeah like if I'm not just confined to AMC like will, do, will I really want to go out of my way to go watch like the movie 8th grade which is like a small like independent movie that just came out about like you know a young adult like person um, I don't know um, so that's my only like you know uh, thought about that and then again there's that idea that it's double the price of what I'm paying for movie pass yeah but again I mean, at the end of the day it's so then paying surge pricing and then anyway, can't watch right. stuff then yeah maybe this is it so it's tough right so it's like you know now I have to watch two movies a month to make it worth it which mm-hmm. like 
you can easily do well no? for me yes but then you know when i think about like my wife yeah. it's like i don't know anymore you know so yeah. i i think again i think long term hopefully this is a good thing um because yeah i mean i think for me it's a no-brainer if movie pass craps out or if you know i end up being like you know what like movie chest movie pass just isn't doing it for me i have no problem paying an extra 10 bucks a month for the amc one but yeah i mean you bring up a lot of good points because it's like amcs typically seem to be in like uh like highly like densely populated areas you know so it's parking's always a nightmare at amc theaters you know like the showcase one is like in a not a remote location. Like, it's got, like, things around. It's mm-hmm. on a pretty busy street, mm-hmm. but it's just the theater there. Yeah. You know, and, like... The parking lot's huge. Parking lot is huge. I never have a problem yeah. parking there, you know, so... The AMC near us is, like, at a mall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so parking worst. is it's terrible because people will take up those AMC theater spots just to be close to the mall yeah. entrance, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, I so... guess these are first world problems, but... Yeah. Um, so what are you going to do? Are you going to wait until MoviePass goes out of business, or are you quitting? Are you going to actively, like, uh, make changes to your... Oh, man, I don't know. I'm probably going to ask you what you're going to do, <laughs> to be honest. I don't know. I'm, I'm so lazy that I probably... I honestly don't know. If I think if I get one more email from MoviePass being like... You can't, on top watch, of that, you can't watch any movie anymore, yeah. um, then maybe, but right now... Yeah, and August is, like, one of those months where, like, you nothing know what? crazy yeah. is happening. I think that's a good point, which is that if this happened in May or April, I'd be like, I'm out. Out. But okay, right okay. now, there isn't any movie. I mean, Mission Impossible is one that, but I haven't even had a chance to watch it, so I haven't felt it. Um, I think after that, there isn't, like, a movie where I'm like, oh, better get ready for that. Like, I'm sure there, I'm sure there are fall movies that, yeah. like, I'm looking forward to, but... Um, you know, nothing, like, where I'm like, I need to watch it on opening night, yeah. you know, so I, I think I'm okay for now, mm-hmm. um, but I think by, like, next spring, like, something needs to probably change, uh, whether it's on movie passes yeah. end or on our end, yeah. switching over to AMC. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all right, so why don't we take a break here, and then we'll uh, come back with our obsessions of the episode. Okay, so we are back with one of our favorite corners. Maybe it's our only corner. <laughs> I think it's our only corner, but it's a solid corner. It's a solid, solid corner, corner, and we do it every episode. So, Steve, I guess I will go first. Yes. Um, so my obsession of this episode um, is not necessarily... It, we just haven't had a conversation in so long, but like I was really, really into it. Um, but I want to do my part in evangelizing how great this is. Okay. So it's a comedy special called Nanette on Netflix um, by a stand-up comedian named Hannah Gatsby. She's not a household name. Um, She's Australian. But Nanette has become one of those things where it was released, like, kind of under the radar on Netflix, and it's, like, kind of blown up. So I don't know if you've never heard of it. I've heard of Um, I thought that was her name. Yeah, me too. Um, it's not. Okay. Um, in fact, I don't really think it means anything. It, like, <laughs> she talks about it a little bit, but it doesn't really mean anything. Um, so this is one of those things where I feel like 
um, when I talked to you about Hassan Minaj's Homecoming King, mm-hmm. and I told you, like, it's unlike any comedy hour that I've seen because he uses visuals and he just takes it a little bit to a deeper and darker place and, you know, a timely place than, um, than like, I don't know, a straight, like, Ali Wong set. Right. Which I love Ali Wong. Right, 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 right. On that. This is kind of the same. Like, it's really unlike anything I've seen because it starts, it's packaged as a comedy special, that's how people describe it. It starts as a comedy special, and then halfway through the set, like, she, like, announces that she's quitting stand-up, and she kind of goes into the reason why. And, like, I don't, that's not the point to hinge on. Like, I, she's, I don't think that she's actually quitting stand-up, but um, she just kind of launches into this, like, dissection of, like, um, what comedy is and how it disservices people like her. So she, people who suffer from trauma, people who mm-hmm. experience abuse, misogyny, like, people who use comedy to either shield themselves from it, it or to use that to be abusive to other people. Like almost like exploit the fact that you yes. can make jokes about yeah. these subjects. And oh, so wow. it's so important. Like it's such it becomes such an important um like point and it she launches into this thing and there's like silences involved like she really has control over the tension in that room mm. and how she's using her like pow- like gift of storytelling to like control that tension and to make you feel uncomfortable to mm. make her points. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's incredible. It's an incredible form of storytelling. Damn. But it really makes you think of um, just like what you just watched is something like you've never watched before. So I highly recommend it. I actually highly recommend that... Um, men watch it i highly recommend that people just of all genders and um races and just anybody who feels like an outsider like all these things um and she's funny she's really funny that's a great sell that is a great sell should i have done this instead of baywatch wow that's really good so i really want you to watch it and i want you to tell me how you liked it it's uh it's an hour-long special 69 minutes, so yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. No, I'll definitely check that out. Um, Mine is uh, this TV. I, so I, I texted you one day, and I was like, hey, Jen, what's Freeform again? Because I remember you had, like, mentioned it, and I guess that's the new ABC family, yes. right? Yeah. Um, uh, and you asked why, and I was like, oh, I heard there's a show on it that I and I want to check it out. Uh, it's called Cloak and Dagger on Freeform, and it is... Uh, I've heard the way I heard it described on a different podcast was um, it's uh, the watch with like Andy Greenwald and Chris Ryan. Mm-hmm. They were he described it as um, Friday Night Lights meets the X Men because it's a Marvel show, mm-hmm. right? So it's about these two teenagers whose code names will end up being Cloak and Dagger. Okay, and um, but it's like set in New Orleans, and uh, I think they're supposed to be like high school or like high school ish age. Yeah. Right. One of them is like a high school student. The other one, it's like you assume they're like the same age, but she's not in school. Um, and it is really good. I'm trying to. I'm like reading the like. Yeah, this sounds like exactly something that I would be super into. It's it's good. I watch it on like the Freeform website, like okay. on rebroadcast, mm-hmm. um, or on demand, and it's it's really good. Okay. And the performances are excellent. I remember watching the first episode with my wife, and like, does she like it? Uh, she is interested, 
and she will like ask me what is happening when I'm watching. It's like, I, what was that? T- oh, remember how I told you I like inactively watch This Is Us, or I listen to it. Mm-hmm. She does the same thing with this. Like she, she will like be like, oh no, I'm like, hey honey, do you want? I want to watch the next episode. Do you want to watch it? She's like, no, you can watch it. But she'll like listen and be like, yeah. hey, what's going on right now? You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and so it's like one of those one of those deals. It's great. It's awesome. What other Marvel TV shows None. do you watch? Okay, so you're not, like, you don't watch Luke Cage or Jessica Jones. You know, I watched... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I watched, like, five minutes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is, like, this sucks. Okay. Um, I watched Daredevil seasons one and two. Yeah. Um, Daredevil season one, there are parts of it where I'm like, this... This is awesome, but ben for the Affleck most, was Daredevil, right? In the movie, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but Daredevil, after a while, is like a tough hang. There's like, it's a really tough hang. Jessica Jones season one is awesome, yeah. But all those shows, after a while, I was like, you know, like, it's too long. You want it to be like a movie? I just don't want to hang out there for that long. You think you're going to feel the same way about Cloak and Dagger next season or after the end of the second season? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Because you know what? With those other shows, they do the thing where like each season of TV, so each of those eight hour, ten hour blocks is like a Marvel movie in that it teases something. But with a Marvel movie, you're in and out. I mean, in and out, quote unquote relatively speaking, in, like, two hours. But, like, I think with these new Marvel movies, like Thor, Ragnarok, you know, Spider-Man, Homecoming, um, was Guardians of the Galaxy, the newest one, uh, two, and then what was the other one that just... Uh, and, you know, Black Man. Oh, it's like, yeah, there there is connective tissue there that leads you to the next thing, but in and of themselves, they're, like, a good hang. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um with these Marvel TV shows, they're not necessarily great hang. And, like, the connective tissue is to something I don't really care about, which is, like, the Defenders, which is Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil together. It's, like, I don't care, okay. actually, you yeah. know? So Cloak and Dagger, what's great is, like, it, like, alludes to the outside the world, yeah. but the story is very much self-contained. And there's not, it's, tr- it's not trying to tease you to some sort of build-up, some sort of team-up that's going to happen, you know? Whereas the Netflix stuff, it's just like a poor man's version of the Avengers. And the Avengers is like, they're j- barely getting it right. And, like, they've only really gotten it right now. Um, and so I'm just like, nah, I don't watch the other ones. Okay. I can't. I can't. I was very curious about your thoughts on... Nah, they yeah. suck. Okay. All right. But this I'm, one's good. This one is... Highly entertaining. Okay. Highly entertaining. Okay. Yeah. So I would I would definitely check it out. It's one Your of my favorite. Um no? there's not that much action. It's okay. mostly like teen drama. I love it. Okay. I love it. You know? Yeah. Uh, Why did you just use those two yeah. words? <laughs> uh, um, sign me up. Yeah, it's it it's it's good. I like it a lot. It's one of my favorite TV shows of the year, for okay. sure. Um do you have anything else? No. I, I You know what? I think that's it. That's all we got for this episode. Um, remember to uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Um, drop us a follow. And uh, until next time, I hope you guys enjoy yourselves. Remember to check out uh, Baywatch, No Country for Old Men, Cloak and Dagger, and Nanette. Yep. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.